My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Welcome, welcome everyone to my podcast, My Love of Life. And today I get the, God, just the joy of interviewing, speaking to Steve Babeljack. (laughs) And Steve Babeljack is a beautiful photographer and videographer. And if you get a chance, he has made my video for me and I just adore him. Just worship him. So welcome, Steve. Well, thank you, Anna Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And how are you today, Steve Applejack? I'm I'm doing really well. I'm uh, living out uh, the things that make me me. And uh, this is not work at all to sit here and chat with you. And so, um, yeah, I'm just enjoying the day and weather's nice and things are calm and quiet. And mm. yeah. You know, Steve, one of the things that I... Um, would love you to share that's always captivated me in your work is that when you're taking photographs, you're looking at something specifically for your, the people you're photographing. And what is that? Wow. Um, well, work we did a number of years ago um, gave me a, a turning point in my career and um, that it wasn't always, it's, it wasn't photography. It wasn't filmmaking it wasn't using a camera of any sorts that delighted me or gave me joy it was what it enabled me to do uh, which was to see others and in turn and in turn um, help me see myself i um i love to just notice people and and see their their flaws their beauty the things that make them them i love to notice light and the environment people are in and so, yeah, I, I think I was doing this well before I had a camera. I think I always just noticed, actually in elementary school, I remember like some, some kind of kid bullied me or something because I like was just staring always at people. And I think that observation freaked people out. And I think I just didn't have a camera at that point, and I <laughs> you know, when I was in like the third grade, because I was probably fascinated with human behavior. I was an only child. And so I didn't have siblings and a small extended family some cousins, but I really just, I've always been enamored by human behavior, I think, and curious, really curiosity has always driven me um, into the natural world, into people's lives. And you just can't go around walking to people's homes and staring into their living rooms, you know, without a license, (laughs) but the camera enables me to do that. And then in turn, I really get to honor who they are. I was a photojournalist before I was a commercial photographer. And to me, it's telling people's stories um, as true, um, it is to them, but it also has to be true to me. And I think that's a part of what I, I try to do is we're always interpreting everything, right? And this is where our thoughts come into play, but, uh, we can't help see people through our own lens, I think. And, um, the camera, I think tries to, to make it an equal playing field. I can't twist or distort it. Um, it's what life looks like and you just have to sort of be present enough, um, mm. To, to absorb it. That's kind of the work we, we had done together was slowing down. And, and now I, I don't go into any shoots with anxiety. If I know I just can connect with somebody, if I can slow down, slow the thoughts down, 
see someone as they are, who they are, not project my own agenda, but just come in and, and, and be an observer and sit with them. Um, whether it's something really fast paced and moving or something very quiet and still, um, that's really what I want. I want to do it at all times. And sometimes I have a camera, sometimes I don't. Um, and so that's what, I think that answers a little bit of your question. I hope. Oh God, Steve, I, I, um, I love what you, you just said so much that I appreciate. And the part that you said is you love to see people. And I think so many people aren't seeing that we see our thinking of them, our stereotypes, our judgments, who we think they should be. And I love what you said that the camera is the neutralizer. They are who they are. But you, I remember in a conversation we had, and this is where I think we're aligned. Well, what many reasons we're aligned, but you said it, you always look to see what's special about them, to find out what's unique about them. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's just uh, innate, even if it's, I just did a whole bunch of portraits the other day and there's a sort of a, a baseline expression people have. And sometimes they're projecting what they think they're supposed to look like. And then there's a moment when they're kind of relaxed or off, cut off guard um, or not thinking about it. And then like they sort of appear. And then I know like kind of that's the moment for them. And whether it's just a, a smile or a glance or oftentimes I love catching them when they're not paying attention. Um, but I'm also really, you know, curious in that. So it's often not just observe, ob observing them, but it's, I'm asking questions. And even when I was a teacher for a while, my students would get really annoyed because I would always ask them so much about their lives. <laughs> I, I was, I was passionate about teaching, but really I was passionate about getting to know them and influencing their lives in some ways, and then teaching them to see, and they would always get, you know, come back with these pictures that were sometimes very boring and, and they would be, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing to photograph, you know? And then I would see glimpses of their, their lives. And I'm like, this is so fascinating. You know, like your freshman oh. sister is incredible. She's jumping on a trampoline with a cape on, you know, like that's incredible go capture that. Or like, you know, look at your neighborhood. There's all these interesting things. You just have to go walk around and see. And, you know, I, I think even once I had was kind of stagnant in some work. And I, I remember having a session with you and, and I just walked around my neighborhood and I just got curious and found a bunch of like seniors sitting on a bench and, you know, a musician over here. And, uh, you know, you just pass by so many people and everyone's got a story. Everyone's got something about them. Um, and we just have to stop our own mind uh, and thoughts and busyness um, to sort of catch that. I think that's what a camera can help me do is you, you can't be too too involved in everything else and the, even the technical qualities and I try to forget all that and it's just a way for shaping you know as I put my hands up as a viewfinder shaping the world around me to see more clearly oh my god Steve Babelchak I, I I think I'm gonna have to I know um, I feel like I paid you or something come on to my show <laughs> <laughs> or my mother did if she was alive. But you're saying to me what I care most about in life. I'm really touched by it. It's, um, I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before, so I'm sorry if I'm redundant. But when, you know, my mother made me watch A Patch of Blue. 
when I was a kid. And she made me like she sat me down and said, you must watch this movie because she wanted me to see people for who they really are, like who's their essence, not their color, not their religion, just who are they and that we're all the same inside. And what I what I know of you or what I sense of you is that you're always looking at the essence. I love what you said, you know, when they they stop thinking and you they get distracted, you see who they are. They really are without all their thinking. What makes them special? And then you capture it. I recently heard a quote. Um, I think it's a Walt Whitman quote. It was in a silly TV show called Ted Lasso. And he had this funny little character. And he, he says that um, he was from this quote, it said, be curious, not judgmental. And that's a really challenging uh, quote for me because I feel like I am really curious, but it's really easy to slide into judgment once you think you know something about someone or some place or something. The judgment kicks in really hard, and I think as a photojournalist, we were taught not to be judgmental. We had to just be an observer of the world around us. Yet I found that there really isn't a true observation. Our our own self comes out in what we choose to capture or not capture or exclude or include. Um, and so I think what I try to do is if I'm true to myself and I'm in a place where I'm not having an agenda and I'm settled enough and I can be breathing and relaxed and not worried about, you know, what this means or what I should be doing, um, and to sit with someone or some, and be in some place, um, I can keep the judgment at bay, um, but I think it's the curiosity that that it, what drives that first. And so I, I'm trying to uh, hold on to that as much as I can, even in, in, in our current climate, where it has a lot of potential for judgment. Um, we're constantly judging and, and stepping out of fear. And I think um, we need to hear people's narratives a lot more and understanding why they got to where they are. And for me, I'm always curious of like, when I find someone in, in the professions, that I'm interested in photographing is how they got there. And like, even though with the Olympics going on, there's all this drive and what motivates people to be, you know, a life coach or business coach or an athlete or a construction person or someone who loves making furniture or um, even someone who's got extreme political views. It's like, where did those ideas come from? Where did that, that person has a story and a history and have had lots of little narratives through their whole life that brought them to where they are, that shaped their view Sometimes, you know, a judgment is fair, I think, but we need, we can't fully judge someone if we haven't fully understood them. And so I've been trying to challenge myself lately to, to do that more often um, and stay curious, yet also advocate and, and fight and defend and stand for what I think is right as well. There's this constant balance I think I'm, you know, trying to do. And, um, and that often happens in commercial work too, where I have what the client's needs are. And then there's my needs because I see something visually interesting and hopefully they've hired me to do the thing that I do best. And that's when I have the perfect sort of client comes along is when they just trust my vision for it. Um, but it's this constant like judgment and curiosity. I'm trying to stay curious to keep the things moving along. And then there's this judgment of like, well, is that the right image or the right you know, thing I'm capturing? I think we do this for our, for, our, for our bosses and clients all the time, no matter what field you're in. We're constantly like, if we're feeling critical, if we're feeling judged, we often pivot and overanalyze and shut down versus we have someone who says, hey, 
do your thing. I trust you to do your job. And then you do it the way you think it's best doing. People come alive in that. And I, I really see that now in, in the work that I do as I bring on people from my crew as well. Um, I recently had um, an experience where an assistant director I was working with, it was kind of a tense tense time. We had very little time and we were rushed and the weather was being difficult. And I kind of just asked a request again for something. And he paused, he was very experienced, looked at me and said, Steve, you need to trust your crew. I found over the years, the more you trust the people who work for you, they will exponentially work harder for you. And when they don't feel trusted, that's where they might naturally slow down or they might double, double, um, you know, check themselves or um, feel restricted. And that's really spoke to me a lot that we, you know, even in the grocery store or on the phone or customer service, we just need to trust people that we're around, give them the benefit of that. And even when they maybe let us down, instead of disregarding that or abandoning, you know, that person or moving on to somebody else, um, we have a conversation, right? And we get to connect and be curious. Well, why didn't, <laughs> why didn't you do that, right? It's all, this is all sort of connecting now. I'm, I'm, even as we talk, I'm realizing like, oh, wow, if I'm not judging them, I'm trusting them. And then if something pops up that might be judgment, maybe it's curiosity that I need instead. Oh, why did it take you a little bit longer to do that request I asked? Instead of like, going, why didn't you do that for me the fast as possible, right? Um, and usually the answer is like, actually, I'm working as fast as we can. This is just how long it takes. You're just being impatient. <laughs> you know? I, I have so much to comment on that one. Yeah. But sorry, first sorry. of all, I, I, I just want to say that Ted Lasso is probably one of the best TV shows I have watched in years. Yeah. We're, re we're re-watching it right now. And my it's funny, my wife said, we should re-watch it. I was like, oh, we've already seen it. Let's see season two. And she's like, we should just re-watch it. And I'm like dying hilariously laughing. I literally fell off the couch the first time I watched it. And I think last night I found that same moment and was almost about to fall <laughs> off the couch laughing again. Because um, I'd forgotten how funny it was. You know, I think our nature, human beings nature is curiosity, but we've made normal to judge. Hmm. Like it's, we just become normal. And we think that's natural, but it's not, it's just normal. Like if you look at little kids, they're just curious by nature. And I think when we get, for me, when I get insecure thinking and I have worry or insecure, or I start making up stories, I get afraid. I start to judge because it makes me feel safer. You know, it's just, I want to feel safe and I don't understand and I've scared myself. And I don't see the humanity in people. Like I stop seeing people and I stop seeing myself. You know, we thought is this really powerful tool. My new favorite book is Harold and the Purple Crayon and thought we can create anything. And we start believing our stories about people. But I think what you said is that when we're curious and we know we're all made of the same stuff and we all operate the exact same way, we do all best on what looks real to us. Then you get curious. It's like, well, how do you see the world? I have no idea because you're seeing it completely different than me. And you have a unique gift. Hmm. Yeah, I think I have hope in humanity that and behind it all, there we are good in some ways, yet these 
other narratives really are they are just inherited narratives from other people in our in our past and our generations before us that have told us this is bad this is good you should act this way don't act that way or when this happens to you you should also do this and um we need to push back on that and i, I think for people in order for people to change we they can't just be proven wrong they need to be shown that there's a, a been given an opportunity to be curious about somebody else, to have some sort of space for another person to be curious about yourself or about a third party or whatever it is that is being judged at the time. Um, and that's kind of what I hope my work will, is doing and is going towards is sometimes I think if I could just show you these people's lives or if I could just um, take a picture or create a, a visual you know, narrative and let you hear firsthand someone else's story. Surely you'll see how, what I see in them. I think that's my <laughs> ultimate goal is, is that's what I'm trying to do. When I was a journalist and even as now as, as a commercial photographer, I see these beautiful things or these moments in life. And I just want to like, sh like share that with that, the world, like, Hey, look at this over here. This is so incredible. Uh, you don't need to judge it. Just be curious too. Like I am. And, and maybe you'll see what I'm seeing. I think that's kind of where it all sort of extends. It's like, um, for me, is, is starting with that curiosity inside and then hoping it will extend to others around. And, and I feel like if all, all of us were doing that, sharing those stories and narratives, you know, we really could change the world around us. Can I offer you something different that I just felt that I think mm -hmm. you're looking at that you may not be see that you're looking at? I think you're giving people, and I had never seen this with you, but I just saw it, is that you're giving people the opportunity to become present, to fall out of their narratives and become present and see what's really there and see the beauty and magnificence. Because in the narratives, we can't, like they're all so different, but what I see in your work, Steve, that is taking my breath away, it's like, it stops me and makes me become present. Like I have to pause and drop my thinking and notice because it's so captivating. And that's to me, the real power is to fall out of all my friggin' thinking, all my judgments, all the different stories and just get present and really see what's in front of me and see the beauty and magnificence. Yeah, I like that. And a still photo or a two minute video or Think about what a film does for us, right? We we have to, you can't pay attention to a film or a movie, right? If you're focused on something else. Mm -hmm. And what if we took that same kind of movie theater mentality, right? What if we went through the world? I think I get what you're saying. Like, what if we went through the world and turned off all the lights, got it really dim, had comfy seats, cut all the noise out, and we just focused on a screen in front of us, right? For an hour. Imagine if we did that when we... My wife would, she's going to hear this, I'm sure. And she's going to be like, I'm going to hold you to this. But, you know, a lot of my attention gets distracted. But what if we held that same presence every time we sat down for coffee with somebody, you know, as if they were a movie, right? You have no other distractions. You're trying to follow this storyline. What if there's even dramatic music around what they were saying to help, you know, because that's what's happening in a film, right? All these elements are helping us notice this character, the story, just pay attention to what's unfolding in us. Right. And I think that that also happens when you walk into a museum and you see a painting, right? There's, they've eliminated all the distractions. They put a little frame around it. 
and they've made you stare into this like, you know, square mm -hmm. or rectangle to notice what's in there. Sometimes there's not even any instructions or artist statements. There's just, you know, the title and the date perhaps. Um, you know, I, I just heard, and I'm not, there's three things. This woman, um, this woman who studies Buddhism and she, I forget where she, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to, but I'm screwing this up. But anyway, to see the essence of life or to see God, there are three different avenues. One is um, through beauty. And the other one is through love or like children. And the other one is through sharing information or through dialogue. And I think that what we're doing is pausing and getting present to the miracle of life, to this aliveness. And it seems to me when you're taking photographs, you're pausing and all the noise drops and you get present and you see them. And that's the gift is that I see you. I see your uniqueness and I see your similarity that we're all human. And that life is this thing. Yeah, it's an it's an exercise too, because it's something that I just realized I had to develop that. Right, you had to get past the mechanics and get past all the the how tos. But you can even do this. Do, you can even do this with your phone. I think that's what's so amazing about having a, a camera on your phone now is you can just walk out of your door and just use this little screen to help shape this but um i think that's a practice i think i was i had to develop and i actually remember early on i would get really frustrated at my photography this is when i was shooting film and uh you have to wait for your pictures to come back and um and it's just early on i told myself don't go out and do photography go out and engage in life and it sounded so like kind of like cheesy at the time to me but like I would get so frustrated with my pictures or I just like wouldn't like the, the what I was taking photos of because I was going out and doing photography, right? But I would constantly remind myself, no, 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 just go out and like see life and then the pictures will come. And this is before I was a photojournalist, before I was like, I don't even think I had taken many photo classes yet. I didn't even consider myself a photographer. I was just kind of into it at the time. But I remember that was a narrative I often told myself. And I think it's really, really true today. You know, I can't, and it's funny, even with my clients, I, I love having a, a shot list and we have a storyboard or we have an, you know, an agenda to get through, but my best photos always come from just like being there and then seeing what catches my eye. And then, you know, my clients love it because they get like 10 extra you know, images all of a sudden, but um, that's what excites me the most is when we put all these elements together and then there's these like, I had a, con a consultant coach who really shaped most of my <laughs> commercial photography where it is now and told me, you know, I'm a spontaneous combustion guy. And um, someone, Bobby went very experienced in the field of photography and consulting and, and image making. And she saw this in my work. I mean, I dumped, I gave her like hundreds of photographs. And this is what she saw after hundreds of pictures of mine. And she would see what I was trying to do sometimes and trying to be this kind of photographer or that kind of photographer. And then she, this is why she was so valuable to me because she narrowed in on like, this is what you do. You capture these like moments that you, you sort of plan for, but they were just spontaneous in the way they happened. And when I look back at my work, those are the things that I'm always gravitating towards when I'm even in a commercial job and it, you know, very sterilized environment, perhaps 
I'm always looking for those little sparks of like, whoa, that is just so brilliant or cool. And I, and I, I gravitate towards it and they always make the best pictures. It's like nine times out of 10. It's always those moments. Um, yeah, it ha happened. In fact, yesterday it was, yeah, it was in a sort of a biotech, you know, building in San Francisco. And there were just some great little moments that you just kind of, you know, on the peripheral, peripheral vision of your mind you see and um, yeah, it, it'll go in my portfolio. I'm quite sure. Yeah. And what I'm hearing, Steve, is that you're just, you're being present and you're noticing life happen. You know, the minute that, that I read this great book, I've quoted it so many times through, I don't know how many podcasts, but it's still my best coaching book ever. It's called Extraordinary Golf. Okay. And he talked about exactly what you said, but he said, if you want to get the ball to the hole, the best thing you can focus on is your swing, nothing else. Hmm. And I remember when we worked, what you do is that you walk in and connect to people. And once you have the connection, it all happens. Yeah. yeah. And that was the other, yeah. Like I was alluding to earlier, like that has now given me the, the single biggest piece of confidence that I have in walking into any environment, even if I don't even have a camera, if I'm going to a, a party or, you know, hanging out with, you know, family members or, or visiting a park or walking down the street, you know, I know if I can connect with someone, um, A, it'll make it all worth the effort. And then B, it lowers, it lowers all my anxiety. I feel the worst when I feel very disconnected from the people around me and I feel out of place, uh, which rarely happens. I usually I can feel like I can find something to connect. I think that's when I get really frustrated is when I'm trying to connect um, consciously or subconsciously and it's, it's not happening. Or I'm so busy because I'm like, oh, I only have 15 minutes. I got to go. The meter's going to expire. Got to run down the street. Why are you rambling on? I want to get out of here. You know, also things <laughs> my wife can contest to and surely will hold me accountable to after hearing this. Well, you know, one of the things that I've seen um, that's helped me on connection is I've realized I'm always connected except for my thinking. And when my thinking quiets down, I can feel the connection. And I'm human, I get caught. You know, like everybody else, I get insecure. But it's just sometimes just the knowing that the connection's already there. It's just that I think I don't even have to do anything. Hmm. No, I like intimate knowing somebody intimately, and that's different. It's funny. We talked about a number of years ago about marketing, and I was kind of going through a stressful time of like working on my marketing and outreaching to people to get new clients, and and it's very can be very technical with email lists and things to send out and. And you made it so simple. She was like, I don't know how you phrase it. It was like, you, you, I think you challenged me to, to think, you know who the kind of people you want to meet and be hired by. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, some people will be that and some people won't be that. And would you be thrilled in the opportunity to meet such a person? I'm like, yeah. And, and that's, you kind of just describe marketing as like, well, it's just you going out and meeting your kind of people. 
right? And I think he even gave me an analogy of like a squirrel isn't anxious when they run up to one tree and they shake the tree and there's no nuts. They don't sit there and hit the tree and run around circles <laughs> around the tree. They just freaking go to another tree, right? And it was just like simple little analogy in nature. I don't know if you remember this. It was a, it was this simple story. I actually tell it to other people. And it really is so true. Like, you know, this client's not giving you the nuts you want from their tree. You just go to another one. And <laughs> Animals, birds, they all do this, right? I mean, uh, bears and rivers, you know, the river, they're not going to pound the rocks hoping a fish is going to come by. They just keep moving upstream, you know? Um, and it made marketing so simple, actually kind of exciting. It's like, oh, wow, there's all these, because those clients are, do already exist. There are future jobs awaiting for me. They and I just don't know that yet, right? And it's just a matter of time and space and opportunity that we're all gonna connect and collide together. And then we get to do what we're doing right here, just connect, right? I'm connecting with you and your company and your brand and your customers. Um, and that's all, all of it is for the kind of work that I do um, at its best, at least that's what I hope um, we're trying to do. And then, and then when it's not is when I, I have to challenge like, okay, why am I doing, doing this particular work. And I think that's the beauty of being self-employed is that we get that opportunity every other day. We basically get hired and fired every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, perpetual unemployment that turns into employment. But when you have a full-time job that works for one company, you don't get that luxury. You have to challenge yourself in different ways. But I feel really fortunate to have to like go through that experience on the regular of, uh, you know, it's, my friends will make fun of fun of me because we have these like metaphysical conversations all the time. Why am I doing this? And you know, does this have purpose, meaning, or value? And um, but what a great way to constantly refine oneself and like keep going down the path. Because it's super easy to get stagnant and just you know, for me, it would be not connecting and just okay, this is a paycheck. This is money. Oh, I never want to be. In that. I, I can't imagine knowing you, that is the last thing you would ever do because you love people too much. I mean, it's just so evident the minute, unless you're in a really down bad mood, which I've never really seen you report it, but I've never seen it. The thing I love about you is when you walk in, you care about people and want to know who they are. And that is a gift. And then you get to show them, reflect what you see about them so true in images that are authentic. And it's powerful. Because that's what we're looking for. We're looking to be seen in life. Hmm. In a world where people aren't, in my experience is that we're not seen. Usually we're, people are too, just lost in their thinking. And I just see that you see people beautifully and reflect the truth of them. So for you, just taking a picture to make a paycheck, that's like, it just can't, it's like, it just doesn't, it's like, no, that doesn't work. I mean, I'm sure you've, but like, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's exactly, it wouldn't be, it's not my, my, that's not my vocation. My vocation is not being a photographer, right? It's, it's being a, a connector or, you know, one who connects, right? That's the calling. And I happen to use a camera to do that. And I, it just reminded me of, of how we got there actually is because you asked me what my greatest, or you told me that my greatest pain would be my greatest strength or is my greatest strength. And, and you asked me to kind of inventory what are some of those greatest pains. And it was not feeling seen, not feeling connected. And we talked about how 
knowing that experience, that pain has enabled me to see that pain in other people. And it becomes now my life agenda to make sure that others are not unseen and stay unconnected. I remember in elementary school, I always knew all the like loner kids or the kids who got teased because I I felt that way too. I was always the smallest kid in the class and, you know, would get teased for different things. And I hated that feeling. And I never understood why any kid would do that to another kid. And so I always gravitated towards the other kids that maybe experienced that same thing. But oddly enough, I could always sit in between all the groups too. I was never just like the out, outcast, but I was never in the like, whatever popular group you want to call it. But I could bounce even, all the way through high school. I had these different social groups all over campus from like the, the band kids to like the church <laughs> youth group to like, I even knew the stoner kids and like, it was just, yeah, sports. I mean, it was just across the board. Um, it was, uh, yeah, now that I reflect on it. I kind of, I was curious about all of them, you know? Well, I think that when you see, I mean, again, I think when you see who you really are, who we all are and that we're all the same, you can connect with everyone. And that's you, Steve Babadook. All right, so we are coming, unfortunately, to our end. Um, And I love this. And I would love, who's ever listening, my wish would be that you, people find you and they get to experience your work because you are so good at what you do. It's so profound and it's unique. And it's a true reflection of who you are. So how do they find you? Where do they look for you? It'll be all on the bio, but share it now. Yeah, well, babblejack.com is my website or at babblejack is my Instagram. Um, And that's B-A-B-U-L-J-A-K. I've even registered all the misspellings of it. So if you spell it phonetically and you just remember the two words, babble and jack, (laughs) and you spell it like you think it should be spelled, you might be able to get to my website as well. So um yeah well thank you anna scott this was uh not work at all it was pure pleasure and uh um i I, i'm getting more as as more than hopefully you're getting out of me because this is uh really really a benefit for me as well it's mutual i i have loved it always i always love talking to you steve babeldeck you know that that's just and now it's even more (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you thank you so much bye